Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Welcome back. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 FM. And Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season in the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse. It's open for business. The doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match. So stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. You can see Fitty dancing and gyrating, and it'll be a great time. Oh, wow, that's a new word. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line. Only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. And also, folks, if you don't get a chance to check out the show during the day or if you heard it and still want to hear what we said again because we're just funny and so knowledgeable and all those great all things. All of that good stuff. Go download the podcast or check it out on the WFNZ app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcast. We will be there. I have a couple of Bryce puns right. as it's been the theme. I've got a few good ones. What about I've- Bryce pun? I'm a big pun. Uh, I mean, it's you know, it doesn't rhyme, but it does start with a B, I guess. So that'd be fine. Um, this one did not have a name attached to it, okay. but this sounds like a pretty good Bojangles sponsorship opportunity. Sweet Bryce T. I mean, if Bojangles is going to go around and do the whole have the commercial with a bunch of different athlete stuff. I mean, we did this with Jake DeLome. I'm trying to Bryce work T, it in my mind. Bryce T is good. What, what you you gave a okay, sigh. I'm there. Now. Okay, okay. <laughs> I saw the light bulb yeah, go off. Yeah, I'm up. trying to, you know, okay. see how I like Fitty, it. Fitty, what was that sigh for? It was just nostalgia, man. As a little kid, little little Panther Fitty, mm-hmm. loved seeing Jake DeLome and Steve Smith delivering the Bojangles. I forgot about that. I've got three more. Big Cat Dan wrote in, Bryceburg Slim which is pretty good because that was the nickname to KD. Mm-hmm. Now it's, you know, maybe a, a little bit of a problem with that nickname. You can go look up iceberg slim and see what he was <laughs> about. Uh, go Panthers guy wrote in, have a Bryce day. So we could do that on Twitter. If you wanted to, not a nickname, final one. Um, Burberry Gary. God, there, there's a couple of good text message names coming up. Oh. Um, he was asking a question I thought was really good. As soon as they draft him number one, do we consider this? the Bryce age of Panthers football. I like that. I Yeah, it's really strong. I think this starts the Bryce age when they good. draft the number one. I think that's my favorite. And I appreciate you, Burberry Gary. Proceed. <laughs> Whatever you want to take. <laughs> no, that was dope. All right, so uh, Brian Burns had ankle surgery. He missed the regular season finale with the ankle sprain. Even though he was in the Pro Bowl games racing Miles Garrett through an obstacle course. But then uh, Miles... Garrett dislocated his toe, but Brian Burns had surgery because when he came back to the team's offseason program, he reported soreness. Medical tests last week revealed a small fracture, and Dr. Robert Anderson performed the operation. So are we worried at all about the ankle of one Brian Burns? It doesn't seem like they are. At least that's the reporting, that even if he had surgery on his right ankle last week, he is expected to be ready for training camp. 
they don't expect any limitations for him coming up this season. So even if he missed the regular season finale, felt good enough to recover in time for the Pro Bowl. But it is a little problematic that once you start ramping things up again, that you have some soreness. But Robert Anderson, Dr. Robert Anderson, that is in Charlotte, a legend and, and, you know, performed by the legend that is Dr. Robert Anderson on the ankle surgery that he had. Right. That was a doctor. I don't know why that was worded so weirdly, mm. but we know that he was in good hands. And so I don't have any problem. I mean, this this happens. It was a problem after he ramped up activity again and they expect him to be just fine. So I'm cool with it. I pose the question because, you know, ankles can be so funny. And so you come back, you get surgery on it, you know, 250-pound, 260-pound guy gets to moving and a shaking on it. And maybe it becomes something nagging, but I've just wanted to throw that out there because sometimes you see those little blurbs about a surgery and you're just like, all right, you know, no big deal. Then he comes back and maybe he's not quite ready to go. And then it starts to turn into a thing. So I was just wondering, but for now, I'm going to go by what the team said. If he's ready for training camp and is able to get out there and be 100%, then I don't think it's a big worry at all. But if he was, would his injury be the hardest for the Panthers to overcome? If it happens during the regular season, not just the ankle, but just any injury because it's football, right? So it's not crazy to think that that might happen to one of your better players, any player that goes out there and performs as much as Brian Burns does. If he is out for however much time you want to put on this, let's just say a month, something to that tune. Yeah, I think this is the guy you point to when you say he is going to be the hardest to replace because it's already a weakness. We're already talking about pass rushing being one of the biggest problems with this team. I even don't, I don't even think you need the QB caveat here, Wes. I don't because Andy Dalton is a nice enough backup quarterback to where you can feel okay. No, I don't want him starting over healthy Bryce young. That's not what I'm saying. But if you are talking about guys that are going to be the hardest to replace on this roster, if they go down for any amount of time, Brian Burns is the answer. I I don't know who he's even a real close second. Uh, Adam Thielen is going to be tough. Yeah, See, I was going to say Adam Thielen more than Brian Burns. Not more, but I think that his will hurt pretty bad because he was the guy to be your de facto number one that you brought in. You trade away DJ Moore. This is the guy you brought in essentially to be his replacement. Yes, you have DJ Chark, but he has not proven yet that he can be a bona fide one where he's coming out and the coverage is dictated towards him and he can still get off. Adam Thielen is that guy. Even though he's advanced age and you're not expecting him to come in and be Pro Bowl Adam Thielen, maybe. You you don't think he's going to come in and get 1,400 yards, 1,300 yards. But this is the guy you signed to be your top receiver. Unless the guy that maybe you draft in the first couple of picks after the number one pick Unless he emerges and shows that he's an alpha in that sense. But other than that, this is the guy you signed. If he goes down, now you're looking at DJ Chark and Terrence Marshall. And so I I don't know how confident you are marching out with those two guys. I just think you can create a game plan to be okay offensively where you have to answer any pass-happy attack that you're going against without Brian Burns trying to muster up some pass rush, maybe you could say, all right, well, let's get freaky with Frankie Louvu and send him in the backfield a little bit more. Maybe you would want to do that. And then with Chan and his new role, and he'll be doing some blitzing as well. But but that also, it leaves you susceptible a little bit elsewhere. I think if you're offensive, for sure, I'm not arguing Adam Thielen would, would hurt, no doubt about it. I just, I think there still is a pretty significant gap because 
I like DJ Chark, I think, based off of us talking about Chark more than you do. I think when he's healthy, that that's a problem for sure. He, his health has been a huge problem the last two years. He had 1,000 yards with Jacksonville. That was not when Trevor Lawrence was the QB. Mm-hmm. This is someone that did produce when he came back from injury with Detroit, did a really nice job, or a nice job, whatever you want to say. I, I think I'm okay with Chark. I'm okay with Terrace. I know Hayden Hurst is somebody that you can rely on. And if we think the identity of this offense is going to be based off of running the football anyway, I think you can navigate the path without feeling more than you can with Burns. Because think about the depth or lack thereof that you have. Now, we can even give the 39th or 93rd pick to an edge rusher position. Now you're relying on a rookie on top of Yitor Gross Matos, who has not shown up pass rushing whatsoever. Derek Brown, while taking a significant step forward, is not going to be in the backfield constantly rushing the passer, more of the run stopper anyway, even if he has flashed that ability. I just think it's going to be harder to replace, but no doubt. Like Thielen, Thielen wide receiver-wise or pass-catching-wise, that's going to hurt whatever QB is taken here, number one. All right, so you talk about the draft He does get hurt. So first, we're going to play. We talked about the 39th pick and the pick after that that we'll do in our prospect duel today. But let's just talk about that 39th pick really quick. Jake DeLome had an interesting bite on the Kyle Bailey show. Let's hear what he said about what they could do at that position. I'm not discounting the fact that you can't get a quality offensive lineman, a big-time offensive lineman. I know we have a, a decent line, but you got to understand, it, you know, Austin Corbett tore his ACL in January of this year, early January in the Superdome. So, yes, he will come back, but I just – you got to trust your board. I'll go back and say that. And I've never been in a draft room, and I've never conducted a draft. But 2006, we signed Justin Hardwick to a like four or five year, twenty six million dollar deal as a center. Ryan Khalil falls to the Panthers late in the second round, and he had a extremely high grade. Well, you take the best player, and we took him, and that was the right pick. He was the best center the Panthers have ever had. He became the best center in the NFL for about a decade. Uh, I think he has a great point there because I think this Panthers offensive line, while Miles Sanders thinks it's as good as the Eagles, in reality, it is not quite that good. And this is a middle-of-the-pack offensive line that's continuing to get better with younger players. But I think if you see a guy that has the potential to be dominant, even if it's a tackle, offensive linemen are so interchangeable, I think that you – Take them, and you improve your offensive line. I don't think you could ever go wrong improving your offensive line. I I mean, yeah, at 39, maybe it's a little different than his example with Ryan Khalil because he was drafted at 59. You already had another second-round pick, by the way, so you had two. This is going to be your only second-round pick at number 39 overall. It doesn't mean you'll run away from the good offensive lineman available there. I do think the context is a little bit different because as Stanford P writes into the text line, DJ Chark already recovering from surgery. This is somebody that does have an injury history. TMJ has an injury history. Adam Thielen is older. I would rather have wide receiver depth then go after an offensive lineman at 39 if we're still mm. ranking positions. But it doesn't mean I'm going to run away from an uh, Osiris Torrance is someone that's mentioned a decent amount here. If there's somebody else that falls, I'm going to be cool. I, I'm not going to be angry the day after the 39 pick is announced if it's an offensive lineman because that only goes to show more so that they do want to invest in protection for their number one overall pick. So I totally get it. I would rather go wide receiver at that position depending on who falls, of course. But yeah, it you don't want to pass on 
a fantastic offensive lineman that's graded very highly by you just because it doesn't fit your need at that time. It's still nice to have that depth. All right, so we're going to get into more of that convo. Keep talking NFL draft and also big headlines coming out of the NFL yesterday. There was a trade that happened, and we're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Wine me, dine me, 39 me. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Some exciting news for everyone listening to Wesson Walker. We are going to be giving away a VIP experience at 1058 Thursday night during our draft party. Again, it's taking place from 5 to 9. Really, you just get to hang out with us. Got you a table. We are going to make sure that you are accommodated via the VIP experience. And remember, this WFNZ draft party is back. And this time, it's at the home of Panther Great, as I just mentioned, Thomas Davis, 1058. Join the entire WFNZ crew, 27th of April, just a couple of days. We've been talking about it enough now. So you got to understand when the first round is going to hit, when the first overall pick is going to hit. We're going to be there from 5 to 9. There's going to be great prizes food and drink specials, and we can watch the entire draft on multiple big screen TVs. Again, it's the 2023 WFNZ Draft Party. 1058 is right there at 430 West 4th Street. It's just across from Truist Field. The Panthers are on the clock, and we have you covered on the official home of the Charlotte sports fan, sports rated 92.7 WFNZ. So, not going to give it away yet. How do you want to do this, Fiddy? Let's plan this on the show because it's not something we <laughs> talked about during the break. Do you want to do the whole third caller thing at the end of the segment and then give that prize away? Yeah, that works. Okay, let's do that. So caller number three, the end of this segment, send Walker 87 text so he doesn't forget. Okay, yeah, please do that. You know I forget, 704-570-9610. Speaking of the Garage Door Guru text line, the Bryce puns, they keep on coming on the text line. There's another good one. Jason wrote in a good one here, Wes. And I figured Fitty would appreciate a little more, too. Jason wrote in, only the good draft young. The Billy Joel song. That's pretty good. Instead of only the good die young, only the good draft young. Yeah, that's, that's a good draft slogan for Bryce Young. That was the best one that we've seen so far. Everybody that's writing in, Bryce up, son, Bryce up. It's great, but it's been mentioned probably 50 times today. <laughs> so has Bryce, Bryce, baby. That's been mentioned a lot. And third most popular mention is... The Bryce is right. So those are the three most popular. We've had a lot more than that, but we will continue to read some of the original ones on the Garage Door Guru text line. Wes, you had, look, you've been just getting these invites on yeah, viewing man. screenings and getting the sneak peek. You got to see air before. Boy, you got that same invite. You had that same opportunity. You've been going, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not. I did not get this opportunity that you got yesterday yes. to see a new Steph Curry doc. Yeah, my girlfriend works at Davidson, so they had a special... 
Oh, that's awesome. Screening of Steph Curry's new documentary. He made the announcement about it that's coming out on Apple TV on July 21st called Underrated. So we got to check it out. Then they had a uh, panel afterwards with Curry and, um, oh, Lord, Silver Fox. That's what Curry called him in a documentary. It's pretty funny. Bob McKillop oh, and his okay. teammate Jason. It's a good nickname. Oh, the guard, Jason, that he played with that works with him now in his Richards? nonprofit. Yes. yes. Oh, Jason man. Richards. You were yeah. really testing the knowledge of Davidson yes. basketball players <laughs> yeah. back in the day. No, but it was a masterpiece. It was so good. Was I mean, Lovedale in it? Or what's his name? Is it? It's like, oh, I forget. All his main teammates off that team were in it. All right. Everybody you could think of of importance was in it. Aisha did not talk in it often, but. I'm going to look it up. Other than that, it was great, man, because it basically chronicled. His time coming up as a player and his time at Davidson, but it went a little bit more in-depth. How he put Davidson on the map, the run, everything about it, how they recruited him, um, showed him doing his schoolwork. But it, then it kept cutting, though, back and forth. And one of the hardest things to do in production is to cut from a uh, – to match things with two different types of film. Like, they would go from – them all being in the huddle with their hands up together to cutting to the wars because it was the year they won a the championship as well that they would keep cutting back and forth to so they'd go back to Davidson and back yeah. to current times. It was showing them doing his homework. So pursuing. was it like grainy footage to like modern footage? Is that yeah, what you're but they did a too? good job. It looked good, man. And, and well, then, right. Yeah. Yeah. They talked about how he changed his shot when he was a kid, and then they were showing like him in current times doing his homework with his kids cutting up in the background doing different stuff and the stuff he was doing there and uh, just his workouts and everything about it man it was just it's so well done man people are gonna really enjoy it so it was uh, fantastic my girl is texting me right now to tell to say shout out to the best girl in the world for getting the okay tickets. yes but uh dale was there last night i got to holler at dale i haven't seen him in a while so i got to say what's dale up to curry dale. Gotcha. yes uh, so man, but yeah, it, it was uh, it was it was phenomenal. I just wanted to clarify. I thought you said Dale because I have Andrew Lovedale in my mind. So <laughs> nah, Andrew was, Lovedale was, was the big guy for that team. Yeah, it was everything that you would expect from that documentary. So it's gonna be really cool, man. Well, it it needs to be made. That you know how everybody talks about the OKC, the three, the NBA championship that never happened. That needs to be a thirty for thirty at one point. A Steph Curry doc certainly needed to be made because the story's incredible. This Happily guy, call underrated. If you want to have the conversation about him being a top 10 NBA player of all time, it's there. I'm not trying to do the whole sports radio. Hey, come back in July. Maybe we can have that debate. But right now, if I'm just saying if you want to put together an argument, you absolutely could. What he's done is incredible, being the best shooter of all time, and it not everybody accepts it. It's like Jerry Rice being the best receiver. It's it's Steph Curry is the best shooter of all time. And I love Reggie Miller. There's not a competition there. No. And and for him to be as successful as he is, coming out of Davidson, being that small, you know, and still there were some questions about him. They talked about it started yeah. actually with Reggie Miller reading Steph yeah. Curry's draft evaluation and it and it actually started to from current times the night he broke the three point record. Right. Very cool. Yeah, that's a but cool that's cool, a cool man. inclusion there. All right. So yeah, I, I want to see it. That'll be fantastic. So I need to get on these uh I need to get on these sneak peeks that you're getting on. Actually one, accept the invitation. Well you gotta or, tell your girl to get a job at Davidson. Okay, fair enough. Um all right, babe, we gotta have some I was at his graduation as well. You said what? I was at his graduation as well. Were you really? I was. All right. Yeah. So you're just. That's a flex. So basically, <laughs> is it a flex? Oh, because that, because that happens not too long ago. Right? Yeah, that was a couple months ago. Okay. A few months ago. You know you've made it 
when your graduation is a public event that people want to yes. go to and it's considered a flex that you went to their graduation. <laughs> that is considered a flex. Uh, feel free again to text in about the prize we're giving away at the end of the segment. Also, if you have some Steph Curry thoughts, just where he ranks in Carolina legend history, it's pretty far Ooh, up there. I think he might be number one. He might be number one. It's going to be... First MVP of a major sport. Well, Michael Jordan, the guy grew up in Wilmington. Okay. Because Steph so Curry two. wasn't born so number here. Two. Right. Because Michael has to be number one, probably. Yeah, number two. Well, Mike was born in Brooklyn. Right. right. Well, what I'm saying is if you put that argument towards Michael not being oh. in, you would have to apply Okay, to so Steph. you put it two. Yeah, I think Steph, too. Just at the top of the head. But also we got NASCAR lore, you know, with Richard Petty's seven championships and then... If you want to go Dale Earnhardt as well, right? So yeah, yeah. Let, let's. This is what we should do. Okay, we should. Everybody text in. The line's about to light up. <laughs> you guys both said, "Ooh." Well, <laughs> y'all, y'all like that question. You said, "Well, what?" I was going to say mine was more like of, of a general NBA one as opposed to North Carolina one. Well, that's when. I, but now mine's still pretty fiery. What What's fiery? Oh, 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 oh my Steph Curry take. That his career... Give us... Uh-oh. I feel, No, what's your Steph Curry take? Yeah, Talk his, to us. His career isn't better than LeBron's, but his legacy and his impact on the game is greater. Because the man single-handedly changed the game of basketball. I, the, the shooting stuff is he impressive. He has an argument, though, in that case, too, as far as LeBron. Now, he doesn't have the points and some of the records that LeBron has, but when you talk finals record, impact on the game... Uh, greatest shooter of all time, which kind of makes up for the lack of the points and some of the other things that LeBron has. It's compelling. Yeah, it, it could and be. And he stopped LeBron from getting multiple titles. Yeah, Well, yes, at least in NBA Finals appearances, along the help with Kevin Durant. and But no, Steph Curry's insane. So yeah, I think Carolina legend stuff. Well, let, let me think about it a little bit, and then we'll come back, and then we'll talk about it a little bit more. Go ahead. Well, we just got homework for the summer. 704 number said uh, we need to make a Carolina sports legend bracket okay. and let us judge. <laughs> okay, that's that'll be coming up We're in down. July. So stay tuned. You have to listen every second to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ to make sure you do not miss when it's dropped. Let's please the tease here because we were going to talk about Aaron Rodgers being traded to the New York Jets. That actually happened yesterday. So the Jets gave up quite a bit, but also I don't feel like the Jets got fleeced, yet we're going to have to give up something of meaning in order to get Aaron Rodgers. This is what we talked about with the Panthers giving up something of meaning in order to get up to number one overall. Yes, I understand. We all knew it was going to happen, but Green Bay still has to okay this for Aaron Rodgers to go to the Jets organization. So you still have to agree to this trade at some point. I, I don't think anybody got fleeced. What say you about where the Jets are in the Super Bowl contender category? Are they up there, or do you still not believe being being you and having your opinion about Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> They're up there in theory, but at the end of the day, I think it's Aaron Rodgers. He's going to continue to falter on you. We've seen that through history, whether he loses to my 49ers or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or whatever team you want to pick. This is a guy in the playoffs that gets timid when he plays against a team that can rush for and get to him, and he has to really throw into coverage like that against the athletic guys that that defense puts out 
we've seen him falter. And so Jets fans, they're just looking for anything, any reason. I'm so glad that he's not coming to my 49ers, but I think this is just going to be more of the same. Now, he's going to elevate them because any upgraded quarterback with all the talent that they have is going to help them. They're going to get to the playoffs if he's healthy for sure. But do I see him beating the Patrick Mahomeses and some of the other teams in the AFC? No, I do not, but especially that man, Patrick Mahomes. I don't see it happening, and I think the Jets are just going to be disappointed, but I think for them, as I said, it just depends on what's your expectations. Is getting to the AFC Championship game enough, or is it Super Bowl or bust? So, Fiddy came into the fishbowl today, <laughs> and he told me that he was going to have to give some sort of admission on air. You got a taste of that when you filmed a reel that you put out, or not a reel, but you filmed a story, you put it out there on our socials at WFNZ, at Wesson Walker, Instagram, all the stuff, all the handles all that we talked about. And you got a taste of a very different take than you expected not from Fiddy. Not in the least. I mean, it is the exact opposite. So Aaron Rodgers is something that has actually brought you two together before yes. your hatred for him. And I feel like that's, okay, sports hatred for Aaron Rodgers, it's there and then some for that guy. You mm-hmm. guys both went on the foul line. I expected to hear the foul line intro today about Aaron Rodgers from Wes and Fiddy. Fiddy, tell the people what you're contemplating right now as a Dallas Cowboys fan but maybe not much longer. Yeah, no, look, I've been a a Cowboy fan for going about 15 years or so. My dad got to see three Super Bowls. I've seen three playoff wins and multiple heartbreak after heartbreak, and my Dallas Cowboy fandom is at an all-time low. It's got low T. And this Aaron (laughs) Rodgers to the Jets thing has just got me thinking. I loved the New York Jets when Rex Ryan was their head coach. I loved Mark Sanchez, the butt fumble, all that. I was there for it. <laughs> you, you like the pain of yes. the Jets. It's, it's okay. You know, if I had a quote-unquote favorite AFC team, it's been the New York Jets. I'm a Met fan, a Nick fan, mm-hmm. you know, a lifelong Islander fan. Yeah, or lifelong as of last week. I, I've been thinking about just making the full conversion and, and dropping the Cowboys and becoming – a full-fledged New York sports fan and donning the Jets as my NFL team. Mm. Now that they've got what I like to call AR8 at quarterback. <laughs> okay, a couple things. One, how dare you? <laughs> Two, I need you to explain this logic to me like I'm five years old. And three, how in the world did you arrive at the destination of your most hated QB in the NFL yeah. going to a team, just moving to a different team, that happens to play in the same city of your favorite baseball and NBA team. And and, hockey. Be, and and the hated QB that goes there is now attracting you. How? How in the world? It sounds like front-running, Fitty. It does. The Jets look like they're going to be good. They at least have a better shot at being a Super Bowl contender than they have in a long time. Mm-hmm. Being a front-runner fan seems like the very thing you would go to the foul line against, and yet you are becoming the enemy. You have lived long enough to see yourself become the enemy. I don't know if you guys know that's from like superhero comic book stuff. Just want to make sure. But you have seen that now. Like, why are you becoming that person? I don't know. It's it's. I mean, it really tore me up on my way home. I thought about this. I got a toothache overthinking this. I'm really trying to. I'm really trying to fight against it. My dad, my brother, my family, they they probably will disown me if I drop the Cowboys fandom for the Jets. But 
I don't know, man. This might be J E T S Jets 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 over here. <laughs> no, <laughs> Casey Steve said this is now Fitty's worst take ever. That's saying something. Vladdy Daddy said if you are fully converting to New York, you will be stripped of your nickname Low Country. Keep it in the South. Jump on the Panthers bandwagon. Plus, somebody else wrote in. They like Panthers Fitty. They like that alien. I think that was Panther Bo who wrote that in. So if your fandom is up for grabs, mm-hmm. I know some Carolina Panthers fans that would love to have you. That would make a little more sense, right? Because it's not like Carolina is guaranteed to be good this year. They're not getting someone already with an established history of being awesome. This seems like the right time to make the transition. New coaching staff. Yeah. You get on early. If you're looking to leave Dallas, you don't have to go to the AFC. Carolina makes more sense, Fitty, if you wanted to embrace this team in which you cover. Yeah, but there's only one room for a bandwagon Panther fan here at the station, and that was Mac. Well, can we get it to be Wes? That's the question. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing we need to explore. Can Wes jump on the Panthers bandwagon? No, it's going to go the exact opposite way. Um, is there any way for this to be a bandwagon scenario? I know we talked about the Jets being, I guess, with Aaron Rodgers on the squad. The roster is good. But could you also see Aaron Rodgers having this Brett Favre type of dwindling of his career where it doesn't go well during his tenure with the Jets? And how much would that hurt Aaron Rodgers' legacy, which I know you are not nearly as high on as some others that watch the NFL? <laughs> For sure. I think that – no, and and to his credit, he is one of the great quarterbacks of the era, and he's one of the greatest of all time. There's no denying that. But when it comes to his playoff prowess and this myth about him – how he's the boogeyman and how people would get so scared when they have to face Aaron Rodgers. That's my problem. And then my problem is his terrible leadership and how he points the finger at everybody else but himself and he's arrogant and it's just so ridiculous how he conducts himself when things do not go his way and and even when they do go his way. So that's my main issue with Aaron Rodgers and I do think at the end of the day, uh, this is not going to go according to plan because, like I said, it's all there for you. It's like mm-hmm. you see the red flags. You know what I'm saying? Going back to the dating uh, philosophies, when you see the red flags, but you still decide, hey, I'm I'm still going to date her as long as I can. And then everything that you thought that advice. could go wrong still does, and you can't be mad but at anybody but yourself. And this is the situation that Jets in. You've seen the playoff performances. You've seen him have talent and then get into the biggest games and not perform to the boogeyman moniker that he's been giving. given. I think this is going to be more of the same with him. And Jets fans are going to see some of the frustrations that Packers fans have had with him since he won his only Super Bowl. That's your warning, Fitty. Wes is telling you don't do it. Stick with the Cowboys. It's not gonna. <laughs> it's not gonna make for any any kind of uh, welcoming radio banter between you two, being 49ers and Cowboys fans. But he's still telling you not to go to the Jets don't bandwagon. Take the cheese, just man. Be- <laughs> just because the Jets took the cheese and Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. All right, Fitty. What's your second flash of the day for us? Going to turn our attention back to where we started this segment in the NBA last night. Jimmy Butler with the historic performance. LeBron recorded his first 2020 game. Awesome night last night. As the Heat go up 3-1 over the one-seed Bucks. The Lakers are up 3-1 over the two-seed Memphis Grizzlies. 
What did you guys take away from last night's compelling NBA playoff action? That this thing might happen in the 1-8 matchup. That Jimmy Butler might be good enough to drag this Miami team past a Buck squad. That even without Giannis, I can't stress this enough, that should not be an excuse. Even without Giannis playing in some of the games already, it should not be an excuse. Milwaukee should still be able to take care of Miami, and they are not doing it. If Can you imagine Milwaukee as a legitimate favorite? to win this whole thing they lose in the first round that's a 3-1 lead for miami there's not been many teams to come back they said 13 what's your biggest takeaway from last night uh yeah just the surprise of the fact of the bucks losing that game i still think it's gonna go seven because i feel like they're not gonna be able to close them in milwaukee then i think Giannis will go ham in miami and then they'll have a deciding game seven but that and then the lakers because for the most part i feel like the nba playoffs are predictable but last night we got some unpredictability with the lakers going up 3-1 probably going to close that series i can't see them going to memphis and losing and then as you said the number one seed milwaukee bucks taking the L and having a commanding 3-1 deficit that they have to now overcome. Jimmy Butler only adding to his legacy right now with that performance, 56 points last night. Giannis has a real chance too, right? Not not that it already isn't impressive, but if you go back and say they really struggled without Giannis and then Giannis comes back and then you come back from the 3-1 deficit that Jimmy provided to this team and then you went on and go on to win the championship, some real legacy type stuff here for Giannis as well. All right, thank you for everybody that texted in. I did not forget, call in now to win a VIP experience at 1058 Thursday night draft party that we are hosting over there at Thomas Davis's house from 5 to 9 p.m. We'll take care of you over there. It'll be a lot of fun. You get to hang out. We'll watch the number one overall pick be announced 704-570-9610. If you are the third caller, you will win the VIP experience at our draft party being hosted by Thomas Davis, us, 1058 helpers. We appreciate everybody that's going over there to help put on this event. Again, 704-570-9610. If you're the third caller, you get the VIP experience. A lot more coming up next, Wes and Walker. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Here we go, folks. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up. Keep those texts coming on the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. 
hit the follow button on those socials, WFNZ Instagram, WFNZ Twitter, the Wesson Walker Twitter, and all of our personal Twitters as well, Twitters, Instagrams, whatever the case, man. That'll be your uh, hmm. Easter egg hunt for the day, so to speak, to go find us on social media, the individual ones. But, Walker, what you got going over there on the text line? Well, uh, the first thing I wanted to mention was that Big Puddin from Tennessee wrote in. Big and I don't know if I've seen this name before, but I love Big Puddin, and it reminded me of a story of, you know how you used to create characters on Madden and just any video game? Yes. Well, I, I, would, often. I would make the sliders all the way, and that's what people would do. You make sure that he's 99 in every single facet of the game, but I would also make that player the tallest and the heaviest player possible. So they'd be 7'7", seven, seven, and they'd be 399 My pounds. My little cousin did that one time. Oh, I, yeah, I used to do it quite frequently. It was fun. And I would name those players, along with the help of my friend, Nainer Puddin and Tater Salad. <laughs> and that go out there and just have dominant performances. And so that's what Big Puddin reminds me of. And I you were just a sheltered, uncultured swine. I, I, I don't care. I don't care. So I, I used loved to make it. realistic characters, but I would make them pretty good from the rip, especially if they were freshmen. But I would put real stories with them. I, you talked about how you would actually have radio shows after the game. Yes, I and would then, do that as well. <laughs> And you would practice. And then I would make up real stories for my guys. See, my there was no real story for Nader Tugged Pudding or Tater heart. Salad. No, I didn't have anything like that. <laughs> the, these guys were just monsters, and they would come in, and they would win the Heisman Trophy. They'd come in. They'd win NFL MVP. What was great is that they were 400 pounds, but they would also just be a scrambling-style QB. And so you'd have 1,000 rushing yards. You'd throw for 4,500. Yeah, uh, we made sure the stats were 100% all the way up, and we'd go 17-0 in the regular season now, 16 back then, and we'd win the Super Bowl. So just uh, a guy that people thought was going to win the Heisman Trophy but did not is DJ Uyangalale. That did they? Some pretty, is that uh, fair to say? Heisman oh, yeah. Tro- okay. Yeah, when he came in, he was the number one quarterback in the country. Oh, okay, then after yeah. what they saw from him against Boston College and then against Notre Dame, when he lit up that Notre Dame defense, people definitely thought that this guy was well on his way, including myself, to being a Heisman contender and leading Clemson to perhaps another national championship. But listen, he's now at Oregon State. Kate Klubnick is now the guy at Clemson. But he has some pretty poignant things to say about his time at Clemson. And I told you guys a while back at the ACC championship game, I spoke to a couple of the Clemson beat writers, and they told me that his coach had come to dabble on them that summer after his first year starting wanted him to incorporate more West Coast principles and things that Uyangalale was used to, and also because of the fact that these are things that were promised to him coming out of high school that were never done. So now fast forward to the fallout, and he's talking about these things now. He did an interview with The Athletic. He called the scheme very basic, and I quote, unquote, he said it, wasn't tailored to what he feels he does best. He said, quote, I didn't want to do what I was doing at Clemson. I didn't really like what we did there scheme-wise. I didn't think we did very much. I thought it was very basic. It didn't help me out as a quarterback and play to my strengths. I wanted to go somewhere that would play to my strengths and go somewhere that would develop me for the NFL, play action, work under center, throw the deep ball. So this is the first bit of player controversy that we've had under Dabo Sweeney, where someone has kind of bad-mouthed the Clemson program. So what were your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think DJU talking about the offense, it's interesting because, one, you talked about that a little bit, how it wasn't tailored towards DJU style. And he said, I didn't want to do what I was doing at Clemson. I didn't really like what we did there scheme-wise, right? I know you were talking about some of that, but the fact that he didn't want to do what he was doing and then he wasn't playing well as the season went on. I actually think after the first two games, I think this is how the season played, right? Where you talk about the first couple of games, DJU doesn't have the crazy numbers. I still think people criticized him a little too harshly. I don't think he played bad. And then once Kate Klubnick saw some time, the first go around, but then DJU was still the starter. Eventually he overtook the job. As soon as he got the ACC championship, I, I thought, okay, like they're ready to move on and there's no way he's coming back. And sure enough, we would get that. We would get that news after they made that, uh, after they made that decision to go to Kate Klubnick. But it is interesting to see that, you know what? It wasn't all, it wasn't all great behind closed doors and that he didn't love the way the offense was being run, which by the way, not all that unlike Clemson fans who hated the way that the offense was being called this past season and even the last couple of seasons. Well, when you look at his stats, he was around 20 TDR total the first seven weeks of the season. And in my quarterback power poll that I was doing, he was holding it down at number one for a few weeks. He was playing some really good ball. It looked as though he was fitting into the system and doing what was needed. He had some nice outings, including lighting up my Demon Deacons for 371 yards passing, five touchdowns, and what at that point was the game of the year in the ACC. Followed that up with that big game against North Carolina State where he passed for 209 yards and had three TDRs. So he was coming out and showing that he was ready to lead this Clemson offense. It wasn't spectacular, but they were still getting the job done behind a pretty good defense, as you would expect at Clemson. But I think now the pressure is on him to Oregon State was a team that had a good season last year. People are going to look to him now with these types of comments to say, okay, well, with the immense potential that you had coming out of high school, now with what you're saying, we're looking to see a lot of that and looking to perhaps see that that Heisman Trophy type of play from you. And so I think this is going to add a storyline to this as well that's going to be great for college football. And I just wonder what a lot of the Clemson fans feel about this. I want I want to hear from you guys because this is a 10-win Oregon State program that he came to into the season ranked number 17. So there are going to be big expectations there. So first he needs to win a job, which I think he will do, but he needs to come out and show the immense potential that he had coming out of high school when he was the number one one quarterback. Listen, this is just like I said, commiserate with what I heard about his time there at Clemson and if that is the case, that it was promised to him that they were going to run offense around what he does best and they didn't do that to me. That's more on Clemson than it is on him, but again, we're going to see now. You're at Oregon State, so it's time to show and prove. So, moving on, talking about basketball, Duke, the Blue Devils missed out on UVA transfer Kadeem Shedrick, who was the shot blocker, rebound monster guy that they wanted to come in and replace Derek Lively the second. I mean, when you look at the way this Duke team played last year and uh, how they played just real quick before we go to break, do you think that he's going to be missed more than we think? No, I think they're absolutely going to miss Derek Lively. I think they're also bringing in enough talent for it to be okay, right? I, I partly picked Duke to get to the Final Four in my bracket because of the defensive prowess that he wreaked inside. But when you're talking about Filipowski coming in, when you're talking about the star-studded class, also alongside Tyrese Proctor, who I thought was huge in his development as the season went on, 
I think that's going to outweigh the loss that you have with such a defensive menace down low. And so, yes, like I, I, I think we can have it both ways where we understand what he was able to provide for Duke last season, but we can also move on and say they can still win the championship with the guys that they have on the roster currently. Yeah, I think this is a loaded team and they're just going to have to find another way to get it done defensively missing that shot blocking. But when we return on the Wesson Walker show, it's that time for me to put a choke code on this series and a prospect duel. 93 overall. We're going to role play for you once again. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.